Greetings, friends and fellow passionate high achievers. I am coming to you from my Uberu studio at 6.47 p.m. a little earlier today than I have been getting to this. Today I'm thinking about uh, a paradox of sorts. It, it really, it sounds paradoxical, but it's really about balance. Uh, I was working with uh, some of the teachers in our martial arts school today. We had an instructor training. Um, and I also had the opportunity to work at, uh, like help train uh, students and also instructors at another martial arts school today. Um, and the thing that really it felt like we kept coming back to was teaching the skill of critical thinking and discernment. So the way that that we choose to teach, um, like a very common method is to have dots on the floor that and that's, you know, each student has a dot, they have a spot they go back to. And then when they start to like float around the room, as kids are wont to do, uh, you just say, where's your dot? And then they go find their dot again. We have resisted that shortcut in our school for years since we first heard about the idea. What we do is we help our students learn to take their space. And that's the language that we use. When a kid starts to drift out of the spot that they're supposed to be in, we say, take your space. And that can mean a lot of different things. That can mean find your spot in line. That can mean, you know, in like a technique line or a drill line. That can mean find your spot where you lined up in, you know, in your row and and column, depending on what we're doing. Because what we want to do, we don't want to train kids to find a dot on the floor. That is a situational skill. We want to train kids that to have some awareness of what's around them. We want to train them to have the ability to be aware 360 degrees of the situation that they're in, the people that are around them. If you're thinking self-defense, basic self-defense, especially for like a female, is if you're going out into a dark parking lot, uh, number one, don't, you know, like think situationally being aware Make sure you park next to a, a street light. You know, avoid dark parking lots if at all possible. Uh, you know, walk with purpose and be fully aware and scanning of your surroundings. These are basic self-defense skills, but then they're also just basic integrating with society skills. We should be aware of others' personal space. Some people are really close talkers, and if they're not practicing awareness, they may not realize that they're kind of pushing someone off or or making them uncomfortable by being too close. So we want to practice this ability to just recognize our space in the world and that effect that it's having on others. So the the paradox that kind of comes down to that critical thinking uh, as we're having conversations with instructors, uh, there's a a saying that we have in a, a lot of what we do, uh, and it's simply take what you want and leave the rest. And I love that phrase. I've used it in a lot of conversations. I was talking to someone yesterday about David Allen's getting things done methodology, you know, and I, I was explaining some of my experience with it and saying, 
I don't do it 100% the way David Allen does it. I take what I want and I leave the rest. When it comes to training in a martial arts style, there's a lot of different martial arts styles because there's a lot of different people. And some people can kick really well. And some people have really intuitive skills with, with grappling and figuring out how to, you know, get out a person and do all the rolling stuff and everything like Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Some people are into that. Some people aren't. You know, it, it just everyone's got their own individual style, individual body type, individual interests. So whatever you're looking at, we've had this conversation uh, in the the Zettelkasten group that I'm a part of, that's part of Scott Shepard's network, uh, about how, you know, there's the way Nicholas Lumen, who is the, you know, kind of founder, the originator of the Antelant or the Zettelkasten. Um, so Lumen was the one that created the Zettelkasten for himself. And then people were like, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> and so other people have tried to, you know, figure it out. And Scott Shepard has done a really amazing job of kind of, you know, learning exactly how Lumen did it, sharing that, but then also kind of making it his own. And he calls it his anti-net, um, which is just, you know, his kind of term for the his Zettelkasten methodology. And there, I've been a part of conversations where, you know, someone's talking about how Scott doesn't do it the way that Lumen did it. And that's good to know. It's good to be aware of, uh, but it's not going to work for everybody. Lumen designed it to work with his brain the way his brain works. Scott fell into patterns that work for him. And yes, he's tested it with other people as well. Um, so I, there's, you know, there's that element to it, but still he hasn't done it with all almost 8 billion people on the planet. So his methodology isn't going to work for everyone. So in everything you do, you know, you want to take take what works for you, take what makes sense for what you're doing and leave the rest. But the paradox, and this is something that Scott Shepard has actually talked about this, the second half of it. Um, he did a podcast talking. He does podcasts in this style where it's just sort of off the cuff in his car. Um, so I'm I definitely am mimicking him. Actually, he was the one that challenged me to start this podcast. But one of his podcast had a really great admonishment of imitate before you innovate. And I think there's a lot of people trying to figure out how to make a name for themselves. Uh, there's a lot of people trying to put, you know, their stamp on things. And that's important to do. The take what you want, leave the rest part um, is, is an important part of the equation. But first, you need to implement it and understand it the way it was done. I was having with a, a conversation with an instructor today about how he's kind of um, in a, a different school from ours. He's he's using our curriculum that we use for three and four year olds, tough group to teach, um, and he's modified it. And I'm a little concerned that he started making modifications uh, a little too a little too soon. Um, he also, just based on the situation, did not get as much help as I think would have been optimal, like as much training from us. Um, there's a whole, that's a, a whole thing um, that has layers, um, but that I'm not going to get into. But uh, he's he's using our curriculum, but it it wasn't working right out of the gate. So he started tweaking things and, and changing things. And I am concerned about how well the program is going to work because there's, it was designed based on 20, 25 years of experience 
teaching a lot of different ages. Um, and I understand that, especially three and four year olds, like really hard to teach. But before you start tweaking a system, you need to really understand the foundations of why it is the way it is. Uh, so we talk about this in Dungeons and Dragons on the Dragon Mind podcast that I do with John Tanaka. Um, we're actually next week going to be revisiting uh, seven baby steps of learning to become a DM, a dungeon master that John developed. Um, and the the first part of it is making sure that you play your games, you adjudicate your games with the rules as written. And there's a, a huge, a really fun element of Dungeons and Dragons is all the, the homebrew stuff that's come out of it. So really fun, creative things that people have created that are not a part of the original game. So it's all, all this homebrew modifications. And the trap that people can fall into is they start making changes to rules or adding new items or uh, uh, or like creating new character species, like that kind of thing, or even classes um, and without understanding the game mechanics. Like they haven't spent enough time understanding why the rules are the way they are, why the rules is written, why the raw is established that way. And, and are there things with Dungeons and Dragons that can be modified? Absolutely. The game's not perfect, which is why they're working on a whole new edition that we've been getting to playtest for the last year or so. Uh, so it's it's not a perfect system. There is room for for things to be modified and for, for people to put their own stamp on it. But if you just start changing the rules, like game balance is is a science. And you, you can't just do something because it sounds cool because then you can make something overpowered, underpowered. You can start to really mess with the dynamic of the whole game. And it's important to imitate, to play the raw, to do it rules as written before you start to innovate. You have to understand the why so that you can make intelligent decisions about what you're going to change and adjust. And part of that is having access to teachers, uh, which is something that uh, this instructor that I was talking to, he doesn't have the right access that he needs to be successful to us as teachers. Like we're, we're trying, but there's a, you know, a relationship dynamic with the other school that we're kind of navigating. So he doesn't have the relationship to a good teacher to help him understand the foundation and also help train him as effectively as he needs to be trained. And maybe maybe he's right. Maybe it's not working based on the fact that they only meet once a week or based on, I don't know, the staffing or his personal style or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying that he's wrong. I just feel like he didn't get enough time implementing it the way it was designed. So, and what Scott said in his podcast on, you know, imitate before you innovate uh, was you spend like 50% of your time imitating, doing it the way that it's, you know, the, the experts said to do it. And then from there, once you understand, once you've tested and you've tried, you know, you've really implemented it the way that, that the expert is saying to do it, then you can start to do some, you know, make some tweaks and test some different things. But you want it to be a test. You don't want to go too far. You want to make sure that, you know, you're not just suddenly like, you know, throwing it all out and starting over. You want to tweak different elements 
to find out what works and what makes sense so that, again, you're using those critical thinking skills and you're making intelligent decisions based on evidence rather than based on feeling. Uh, so there are your your two thoughts for today, your, your paradox of sorts to contemplate. Imitate first before you innovate. And once you've done the work of imitating and understanding the foundation, then you get the permission to take what you want and leave the rest. Just do it intelligently. Use your discernment and your critical thinking skills. Uh, So there's your Saturday thought. And as always, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, keep being you. 